Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Chris Bello. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Henry. I'm really happy to be here today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, We're going to chat about Chris's entrepreneurial journey and his personal productivity hacks. He's got some productivity hacks that he's going to share with us today. And I love that kind of stuff. I've done a previous episode on this. In fact, episode 232, I talk about some of my personal productivity hacks. So I'm looking forward to learning Chris's. We'll chat about that and how he uses those hacks to not only to improve his life, but his his business as well. Uh, if you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including the links to this uh, episode's show notes page, just uh, text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So Chris Bello is an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, a podcaster also, and he refers to himself as a dreamer, but more importantly, he's a doer. And like many entrepreneurial stories go, he went the traditional route of getting a college degree and landing that good, good corporate job. But a few years in, Chris realized that he wanted more out of his life. He wanted financial freedom, but more importantly, he wanted time freedom. So he put in his two weeks notice and booked a month-long trip to Asia to figure things out. And after returning and going through one side, ha- side hustle, rather, failure after the next, he hit a stride with real estate investing, where he has now consistently been closing deals with five-figure profit margins on a monthly basis. On his free time, Chris enjoys exercising, podcasting, and traveling, and he's a strong believer in uh, building up experiences over things, which I love. And he strives to live life to the fullest every single day. As a testament to this, he's both a certified skydiver and a scuba diver. He lives in Houston, Texas. And so once again, Chris Bello, welcome to the show. Thanks again, Henry. Really happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I want to get to the story and how you, we touched on a little bit here in the bio and how you got to where you are today. So uh, I'm interested in those early days after college, as as I mentioned, you, you were in the typical corporate environment. I love this quote. I think it's from your website where you say, quote, I saw the little 10-year service signs above the manager's desks and thought to myself, there is no way I see myself being there <laughs> for that long, end quote. And that, that so resonated for me because I have always looked at it as my longest tenure anywhere work-wise was five years. And that's, that was a long time. Yeah, those so, five years would be a very long time. I couldn't. Yeah, it was like a sentence. But anyway, <laughs> so what, what were some of your early jobs? Tell me a little bit of what you did after college. Yeah, so after college was very interesting. I mean, even in college, I wasn't sure what to study. It was hard to come up with the degree. I knew I didn't like accounting, didn't want to do management. So I fell into supply chain. And following along my career path, I ended up going towards oil and gas, where hmm. I got a position that actually was with my degree. So that was great. So I was in a supply chain role in a rotation program at a big Fortune 500 company. And during that time, I just started to realize that, you know, there was not a trajectory for me to really grow past that position other than, like I said, to get a 10 years of service sign on my desk and a pat Mm -hmm. on the back. Mm -hmm. 
And so that was really my only experience in the corporate world was that one job where I ended up staying for three and a half years, finishing that rotation program. I got some time in Dubai to work, which was very great overseas experience. But then I got put into the quote unquote more permanent role. And I was like, this is it. I worked all these three years and finished this program just to be <laughs> stuck here in a cubicle again during an oil and gas downturn where managers left and right were getting laid off. Wow. So you put in your notice and did the trip that I'm assuming you had some money saved up? Oh, yes. That was the one benefit. As we all know, in college, a lot of people have time but no money. And afterwards, we have money and no time when you've got the corporate handcuffs on, right? Right. So now I found myself with money and no time in the corporate role, and I decided to put in my two weeks notice, and I found myself with time and money, which was something that had never happened before. Mm. And of course, I booked a month-long trip to Asia just to spend some time overseas, exploring new cultures and figuring out kind of what I wanted to do with my life next. So was there any inkling that I might start a business, or was it really you, you had no idea what was next? Well, really, around this time, I guess several months prior, probably three or four months before I put in my two weeks notice, I started to read a lot of books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and listen to podcasts that started to make me think, you know, I should be getting paid based on results rather than time. You know, sitting here in the cubicle is not going to get me to where I want, which, uh, which is financial freedom and, of course, time freedom. So... I actually, the product invention thing that we mentioned, uh, or that's mentioned on my website, is something that was thought of a few months before, and I thought that that would be my escape vehicle to make my millions and retire at an early age. Yeah, what was the product, or what is the product? The product is actually a fitness organizer. I call it more of a supplement organizer, mm -hmm. and plot twist as my website story shows, there were a lot more complications than I expected, a lot more time and money spent. But in essence, it was a supplement organizer. It looks like a shaker bottle, but it's got different compartments where you can store powders or pills uh, throughout the day. So as you're about to go to the gym, you might take a certain powder for energy. Afterwards, you might have something else such as protein. And it was a way to store and organize your daily supplements. Are you still working on that or have you shut the door on that idea? It's an interesting question because I don't want to quite shut the door completely, but I have put it on the shelf momentarily. It's just been one of those things where I spent a lot more money than I expected I would. Mm -hmm. I guess I jumped in there with a certain number in mind of what I wanted to spend. And then I didn't really have an end in mind of what the limit would be. Right. And I finally got to a threshold where the only answer now to get the tooling to where we need it to be is to throw more money at it, which at this point has far surpassed that number I initially had in mind. Yeah. Is that, is that what you found to be, at least for you in your case, the biggest challenge or obstacle is just how much money it takes to go from idea to get it in, getting it on a shelf somewhere? Absolutely. I think at least if you're bootstrapping it on your own, I understand the route. I have some friends doing it now of raising funding and putting the right team together up a lot of savings. This seems like a relatively low risk. Let me go in with a friend, a childhood friend that we designed the product together. And of course, I discovered that it was a lot more, a bit off more than I could chew, let's say. Yeah. Why do you think you haven't been able to let it go? I know this is a challenge for many entrepreneurs of 
You spent so much time, blood, sweat, tears. It took 36 revisions, I believe, for us to get the cap just right. I was wow. there when the first model was printed on the 3D printer and there when we filed the patent together with the attorney. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like a child you've seen grown up, grow up that you don't want to just give up on. Yeah, at least yeah no, that me. makes sense. I mean, more than in, a, than a typical business, this is like, it's a creation of yours. Absolutely. Right? And it's hard to let that go, right? It is very hard. And so it, that's why I haven't quite thrown it away completely. And we also have the tooling sitting in a warehouse shelf, but uh, I guess not in a shelf. It's like four big tooling blocks. They're called injection molds and they're probably four or 500 pounds each. I see. So it's a big paperweight. Right. <laughs> so while you were working through that, is that when you came upon real estate? So I actually filed the patent the way the timeline goes in my story. I filed the patent and of course I was here, cocky kid, thought I was smart, had a good amount of savings for a 26 year old. And so I, I actually put in the two weeks around the time that the patent was filed. I see. Okay. Thinking, okay, I'm going to go all in on this. A lot of entrepreneurs talk about it. If you're not going all in, you're not serious and you're not going to be able to make that thing grow because your back's not against the wall. So I was trying right. to put myself in that place of being hungry and with my back against the wall. Of course, took a little vacation there before I got really <laughs> into the, the grind of things. And then I spent the next several months trying to make that work until I realized that I needed to find another way to produce income, which is kind of how I fell into real estate. Okay. Uh, a couple of questions. Do you, do you now still believe in it? Would that be advice you give someone that, that when you're doing it as a side hustle, your back isn't against the wall? Do you still believe that? Or what are your thoughts on that? I sometimes have conflicting thoughts where I'm glad that I had the guts to do what I thought was right and take that proverbial leap, which is something that I like to use. I like to use that phrase, take the leap a lot. Um, Cause I'm skydive certified, like you mentioned in my bio, <laughs> but I, I like feel that. like it's very relevant, but I think I like to say, you know, if you've got enough runway to make it worth taking such a leap, then by all means do it. And however, realize that it's probably a little better if you do have that stable income and you're able to provide a solution or a service that starts to make some kind of money that helps you a lot more than if you just quit cold turkey before you've even figured out how to monetize whatever it is you're working on. Yeah. So I think yeah. really just take time to evaluate where you are and how much risk you're willing to take. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And then if you, if you think back, and I'm sure you have, what's one, one of the biggest things you took out of or got from that month that you took on that trip? Oh, that, the biggest thing that I took from that month was just the excitement of starting something new that you truly love because when I would meet people traveling abroad and they knew that I quit my job, they would say, you're crazy. You quit your job and you're only traveling for a month. Like I've been here for six months. I'm from, I'm from Australia. I'm just living here in Thailand for six months. You should stay longer. But the thing that I took away was that I was so excited to come back to the States and start working on this idea that I, that was the first time I was really passionate about something where it was all I could think about. And that's when these gears started spinning in my mind and the entrepreneurial bug started to grow. So, so you think it gave you clarity to focus on that and, and really realize I really want to go try this. Absolutely. It gave me that clarity that I needed that while I enjoyed having some fun and some downtime, my thoughts were, what can I do next? What, what content can I create? What's the yeah. next step? 
And when you find something that just occupies all your thoughts, you know, you're kind of on the right track. Right, right. It's interesting. I was just having this conversation with someone about when I go on trips, it motivates me to come back and go back to work on whatever's next. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. Uh, I, I love that feeling of, and then knowing that I can do this kind of, I can take this kind of time because of the businesses and the work that I do. Absolutely. And that was another thing that I did not like about the corporate life is that every year I only had 10 vacation days. So <laughs> I could never go anywhere. I'd have to fly out late on a Friday night, play with the vacation days, stacking them with the company holidays, and then fly in at midnight the night before I had to go back to work, which was just not a way to really enjoy time, especially internationally. Yeah, no, Chris, let me tell you, I laugh because that is one of the things that bugged me the most. I just, even if I wasn't going to use the time, the fact that somebody said to me, you only have 14 days time off. It's like, no, no, I don't. I, I want to take as much time as I want. Exactly. I may not, but don't tell me how much time I can. Like, or can you can totally off. pay me less, but just let me take more time off. Just please. let me take more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a big one for me as well. Um, you talk a lot about less dreaming and more doing. And so do you think that was an example of that? And, and, and give me another example. Show me, not show me, but explain to me how else you apply that in your life of not getting too carried away with the dreaming, which is entrepreneurs, I think we need some of, but how do you tend to balance that? Definitely. That's a great question. Less dreaming, more doing has been my podcast uh, tagline from the start. And it's something that I thought really represented how I want to live my life. I think like you mentioned, it's important to dream. A lot of that helps motivate us and push us to do more in our lives. But a lot of people get stuck in that dreaming phase where they're just thinking, one day it would be nice to do this. One day I'd love to do that. And they never actually put into action those things that need to happen to make those dreams a reality. So for me, an example, a personal example of the skydiving thing, I was actually sitting there with some friends this was actually back in the day. I think I still had the corporate job. I went to a bar for a happy hour. I don't do any of those things now. Um, but I was sitting with some friends and we thought, hey, skydiving would be fun. We should go do that, right? And six or seven people were there. They said, yeah, let's go next weekend. Next weekend came around. Only one person of the group who said yes came with me and we actually went. So I think it's very important to say what you're going to do and then commit. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's that's a great example. The other thing that I've kind of has been crystallizing for me, Chris, as I help others in getting started, is that if we spend a lot of time dreaming, which again, as we've both said, is important, that dream of where we want to go to or the business we want to build can be overwhelming. And the only way we get there is by taking, putting our heads down and taking small steps toward that. Hundred percent. And so that's the way I kind of interpreted that as well. Absolutely. I've got a laminated sheet of goals here on my desk with some goals that are so huge that I have no idea. When I look at them, I'm like, how am I going to get there? And it can be very difficult if I'm just looking at that without setting my daily goals to figure out the path that it's going to take to get to there eventually. Yeah, that makes sense. Chris, what would you say are a couple of personal characteristics that have been um, critical to you to your success so far in life? That's a great question because character, characteristics really describe who you are at a core, I believe. And the two things that I think have been instrumental to my success, the first would be consistency. I remember 
a friend of mine gave me that compliment years ago. I've been playing the drums since fifth grade, for example, and he used to play too. And then I, I just surpassed him. Same thing with the gym. Another friend and I started working out together. 10 years in, he gave up, he put on weight, he stopped going to the gym. I'm still consistent. I've Someone else just joked that I've looked the same or I've, I've been in shape since I was 14. And consistency is extremely important to making sure that you show up every day and that you're actually working towards the goals that you have for yourself. So consistency would be the first characteristic. The second is learning. And if I could tie that one into finding people that are smarter than you, I think those two go hand in hand because some people have ego issues. They want to be the smartest person in the room, but that keeps them from learning new things. I am very open to telling people that I don't know something and I'm the first one to open up a notebook and start writing everything they say down. That's fantastic. Uh, on the consistency, I, I think consistency goes hand in hand with discipline. Were you always a disciplined kid? Did you, was that modeled for you? Where do you think that came from? I definitely have to attribute some of that to my parents. They're very hardworking. You know, every, every Saturday we would have our chores. I've got two brothers, younger brothers. We would all have our organized chores. I would be sweeping. Someone else would vacuum. Someone else would take the trash out. And so I think that helped us get that consistency of quote unquote, making your bed every day. Mm -hmm. And I really have to attribute exercising and getting into the gym when I was 13 or 14 is when I started training, weightlifting, joining sports. I think that's really helped me stay consistent because whether I want to go or not, it's something that I feel like I have to go to the gym and eat healthy. And that's really translated to my business disciplines where I say, I don't want to make this cold call, but if I want to get to the next level, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's become habitual for you and it's, it's part of, like we said at the outset, part of your character. The learning part of it is, is about that curiosity. Were you always a curious person, do you think, or have you developed that over time? That's the funny thing. I've actually developed that over time and I've recently spoken on that on a few episodes where of my podcast where I didn't really like to learn before. I found myself at school just going through the motions in college. I remember some very dark times when I was sitting in the library looking at a textbook for an hour where I was not engaged in the content. I couldn't retain the information. I thought that I didn't like to learn or read. It wasn't until I started willingly picking up content such as Rich Dad, Poor Dad and The Slight Edge and all these other books that I've been reading now that I find myself loving learning, especially when it's content that's more relatable than, let's say, geometry or something. Right, right. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that. And that, that leads us into the next topic here, which is some productivity hacks. Specifically, you've put together and, and articulated five productivity hacks that I want to walk through and get your thoughts on and we can converse about. Uh, so the first one, as you say, or that you apply for yourself is learn during downtime by listening to podcasts and audiobooks. It's related to what we just finished talking about. So tell me about that productivity hack and a little bit more about how you execute on it. Absolutely. So Henry, whenever we're, I'm sure you do this as well. Whenever we're going about our days and our schedules, we probably spend some time in the car on road trips or to appointments or even to conferences. When we fly somewhere, you know how much time gets sucked into the actual travel portion of that, right? 
And right. so many people pull out their iPads and start watching, you know, a Netflix show or whatever it is that they missed during the week. Whereas that could be five, 10, 15 hours used towards knocking out an audiobook, learning something new. I even take it so far as to take my headphones with me if I do go to the grocery store, which I, I do very uh, infrequently these days. And we'll talk about that on another hack. If I have to go do an errand like that, um, I'll take my headphones with me and I'll be listening to a podcast and hands-free. I can take a quick phone call, see if it's a real estate lead, things like that, instead of just walking around and killing essentially 30 minutes or 45 minutes doing nothing but the task at hand. Yeah, no, I, I love this one and I try to apply it as well. I, I will anticipate, like if I'm going to go anywhere where I think there might be a wait, I, I make sure I've got like you either something to listen to or something to read. I know you're big into audiobooks. I still like physical books, whatever, whatever it is, you got to have something so you're not just sitting there. To me, it's this, I get so frustrated because I'm wasting time that I could have been spending doing something, learning something. Yes. And it's funny because once I think a lot of your listeners and in, in your audience and a lot in mine, they can agree with this, that this is something that has developed over time because I used to be the person who sat down and wasted time <laughs> and I would sit for an oil change and watch whatever was on TV. But now I've kind of, I realized the value of time and that time is, is the only thing that is constant among all of us. Um, so we really have to optimize it and make the most of it. That's right. That's right. And the time will pass whether we're doing something or not. Uh, you mentioned podcast. Uh, what are some, a couple, one or two of your favorite shows that you're listening to now? Definitely. Well, other than our podcasts, of course. Of course. Got to shout our podcasts out. <laughs> one of the best ones that I've found, and this has been the case since I started listening to podcasts, is How I Built This by Guy Raz. I don't know if you listened to that one yet. It's Yep, that was that's on the top. I have written here my top ones, and that's my top it's one right now. It's very well produced. The stories that they bring on people, you know, Sarah Blakely with Spanx and the founders of Instagram and Airbnb, and you get to hear how these people did and when their bank accounts were so low and they had to sleep on the couch at their parents' house. All these really cool, relatable stories, and it really helps inspire you to say, "Wow, look where they came, and they were about to go bankrupt. What can I do?" Yeah, I love it for the, exactly that, the inspiration. They don't get into the, the how-to, right. but the inspiration of the stories, and it's very well done, and Guy does a really good job of making it very accessible, I think. I think so as well. So that's been one of my top shows. And I've been listening to a lot more over the years, such as in real estate, trying to get very focused on what is it that I need to learn. I've got some mindset stuff I listen to, some tactical things. And so I have a little bit here and there, depending on if I need to learn some real estate or if I want to get some motivation. Exactly. I'm the same way. Like I, I took a course on Facebook ads from Rick Mulrady and he's got a podcast called the art of paid traffic. So it's very specific, Yes. but that's, but that's an example of what you're talking about. If I'm trying to learn something specifically, I'll find a podcast that I like. Absolutely. Because going off the time is money thing and how it's limited there's endless amounts of content out there that we can sometimes distract ourselves with if we're listening to the wrong stuff. That's right. That's right. Tell us the name of your podcast again. My podcast is called the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast. Right. 
and we'll we'll mention it again and make sure we have links to it on the show notes page. Thanks so much, well. Henry, for that. All right, number two of the productivity hacks is carry a backpack slash bag, whatever, something to carry your essentials at all times. So tell me about that one. Yeah, so this has been a huge game changer for me as well, kind of talking about how we really need to optimize every moment. I carry a backpack personally with a few things, a few key things. Um, like I said, at grocery stores, I'll pull out a pair of headphones if I do have to get some groceries so that I can listen to podcasts or audiobooks. I almost feel like I need to turn around and go home if I go to the gym and don't have my headphones because oh, I, know. I use that time to listen to a book or a podcast. Uh, sometimes I do music every now and then, but I really know that every hour that I'm at the gym is an hour I could also be learning. Yeah. Headphones are a key thing. Um, I really recommend getting some Bluetooth ones. I see people with their wire tangled up and the phone in the pocket. I like to have the hands-free, very convenient um, flexibility that the Bluetooth enables. I, yeah, I have not upgraded to the wireless yet. Oh, the that's wireless. Is, so that's oh, me at the gym fumbling. You're the one me. with the, the phone on the yeah. treadmill and then it falls and then the headphones get yanked out of your ears. Well, well, my thing is, and I think there's a chaos theory that explains how it is possible that it <laughs> turns into knots, how that is even oh, physically possible. I don't miss that at all. I'm always amazed by it, but yes. Hey, you roll it up so nicely. You put them in your bag and then you take them out and it's like a little yeah. fairies tied three knots in it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You know, a point I want to make here also that I don't want people to misunderstand, and, and we're not the only ones that will tell you this. You do, um, we're not saying that you don't need to have quote unquote downtime or thinking time. That's also very important. Very true. But what we're talking about here is we, we know, you know, what we're, our listeners know what we're talking about. We know when we're wasting time. And it's about being prepared to take advantage of those downtimes, is what we're talking about here. We're not saying, that it's not important sometimes to sit and reflect with your thoughts, right? Yes, thank you for that clarification. And that's actually something I've struggled with where it's almost become obsessive where I feel like I can't even watch a Netflix show without right. simultaneously taking notes for next podcast. Really <laughs> separating downtime and time to relax with your significant other or your family uh, versus work time. I think it's important to draw that line. Agreed. So I don't carry a backpack or anything like that per se. My thing that I always have with me is my logbook notebook. It's a bound um, book and that's where I keep my to-do list. I make my notes and that is with me almost always. And then uh, a couple of hacks that are related to that is in my car, I always have, there's always something to write on and write with. Mm -hmm. And when I go sometimes like to a casual meeting, I have a tiny, a little um, notebook that a moleskin notebook that I'll throw in my jacket pocket. So I always have the ability to jot down a note because I have really bad retention and I'll come up with an idea or somebody or say something and I'll forget. So yeah. that's my, my hack related to that. I love that. And I have a few more things that I would, I also include in my bag that kind of ties to that as well. I don't know if I have multiple notebooks. I usually have the same one. It's like a medium sized one. That's always in my bag as well because it's the worst thing. And I'm sure you, you've had this happen before. And that's why you probably have implemented the changes where you write something down and then you forget the notebook or you lose it um, or you had a schedule for the day and you left it at home. And now you're not really sure you're going off of memory. So I agree with you that having something to write down uh, important things or key ideas is very uh, instrumental in your daily success. 
And of course I get it. You could do that on your phone. So, you know, yes, whatever yes. works for you. Right. Um, I think at the end of the day on this one, Chris, it, I kind of related to when you showed up at school, at least have pencil and paper, right? You know, yes. you know, there was always that guy or that girl was always asking for, can I borrow a pencil? Can I borrow a paper? <laughs> and I'm not talking about the exceptions, but it's like, you, you got to check yourself, come prepared, come prepared to always be learning and taking advantage of opportunities. Absolutely. Right? So, and I think that's one of the key takeaways for me on that hack also. Exactly. The whole point of this hack is to be prepared for anything. And that's right. Healthy snacks is another one. A lot of times okay. you don't, you leave the house without anything. Two hours in, you start to get hungry and then, oh, you have to get an oil change. They have donuts today. Let me grab some. I'm starving. Let me eat three. And now you, you've broken your diet for the day because you were not yeah. prepared. That's a great one. That's a great point. All right. Number three is outsource or delegate tasks that are not mission critical. So tell us about that and how you implement it. Yes. Yeah, so earlier, I think in hack one, when I talked about wearing my headphones, when I go to the grocery stores, if I go to the grocery store, I've been outsourcing and delegating everything like a madman lately. And cutting your grass is something that unless you have a landscaping company, you should not be doing unless it's somehow making you money or part of your business. Same thing goes for buying groceries. And I have some examples in my free guide that uh, with some numbers behind it, you know, if your time is worth $50 an hour or $500 an hour, imagine doing the math of spending an hour or two parking at the grocery store, getting out, finding your groceries, getting the bags, all of those things that you can just pay someone 10 or $15 and it's delivered to your doorstep. I get it, but you just you just really hate grocery shopping, don't you? <laughs> I I do. I love food. It's the problem. I love food, but ah. I don't like the shopping part of it. Yeah, you know what? I this is funny. I'm going off on this tangent. I don't mind the shopping experience because I love food and picking it all out. But then my wife will tell you, I disappear for the checkout process. <laughs> it is the most exasperate. Yes. Like I would rather endure, you know, much more painful things than sitting through the checkout process. That's the thing. And by the time you show up and then you can't find a spot yeah. and you thought there was a spot, but there's a, a cart in there or a smart car or something. It's just a very frustrating experience to me. And I still, like I said, I, I do end up going and popping in to get one or two things every now and then. But I think that outsourcing anything that is not, you know, your income generating activity possible is something that you should seriously consider. And the same thing goes for cleaning your house. You know, I grew up with a, kind of a scarcity mindset thinking, do everything on your own to save a dollar. And that really prevented me from leveraging myself because time is limited. If we spend two hours cleaning an hour grocery shopping, an hour cutting the grass, now we don't have that much time to spend on the things that are bringing in income to put food on the table. Yeah, well said, well said. All right, number four is related, which is to batch tasks that you can't outsource. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So sometimes we actually have to do things, which is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> we should be able to outsource everything. So for the tasks that we can't outsource, my tip for this tip four is to batch tasks. And that just means to put them together, put them back to back when possible. And an example that I would probably use is, let's say that you have a friend who wants to meet and they kind of live next to this cleaners or wherever it is that you have to go later in the day. If they want to meet in three hours, but you have an appointment in that same area, uh, right now you might want to see, can I move one close to the other so I can just do them back to back instead of 
driving 20 minutes out there, coming home, and then driving 20 minutes out there again later in the day. Yeah, I love that. I think also, and I know you do this, is in business, we, the other reason you want to batch things where possible is it minimizes what's referred to as the switching cost, yes. right? So podcasting is a good example. You and I both have a podcast, as we mentioned, obviously, where you're listening to this podcast. Um, so I try to batch recordings like on the same day so that it doesn't become overwhelming because I, I'm set up, I'm in that mindset, I'm focused, and it's more efficient for me to do two in a row than to spread them out. So that's what we're talking about as well, right? Yes, and actually to kind of nerd out and go to the manufacturing process, since I do have a background in supply chain and some familiarity with the manufacturing process, um, a lot of shops do this as well for the injection molds, for example, for the product that I kind of put on the shelf for now. There are costs associated with taking your tooling out of their machines and setting it up with someone else's tooling. So there will be additional charges for that since it requires so much time. So just like you said, once you get set up and you're in the zone and you're ready to go, knock out as much as you can in a certain time period. Yep, agreed. All right, and then number five is related to number four, work in time chunks to maintain focus, which is what we we're just touching on. So tell me more about that. Absolutely. So this has been something that I've been working to get better at. I've actually gone so far as to write a weekly schedule for myself. What do I want to do on certain days of the week as well as a daily schedule? So an example for my day-to-day -day would be I wake up at 6 a.m. I do a one-hour morning routine. I do the Miracle Morning. If you've read Hal Elrod's book, Miracle Morning. So I do a one-hour routine. I'll go to the gym and then I come back and I start focusing on lead generation. Maybe I'm driving for dollars. It's a real estate term of writing down properties that you might want to reach out to. And I'll focus on all of those activities in the morning, the eat the frog activities that you might not want to do as the day progresses. Um, split it up with lunch and then I'll go on appointments in the afternoon. But I've got certain time blocks. So kind of like what you said, um, I'll actually have certain days of the week. Like Friday is my content creation day. And whenever I set a timer, I'll put my phone on do not disturb mode. I make sure that I can't be distracted. And that is the time to get that task done. No emails, no phone calls, none of that. Anything that needs to be addressed afterwards, you can, you can call people back or text people back after that time expires. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about avoiding those distractions. Do you actually turn off your phone? How do you, how do you minimize those distractions? This one is not one that I'm going to say I have mastered 100% yet. I'll be honest. A lot of people say I post a lot on social media, kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk. I like to post on my stories and update feeds and things like that. The only problem is once you post, you'll start getting notifications and comments and you want to reply to them. So my tip for that is I actually put my phone on do not disturb mode so that it won't vibrate or ring. It, messages will still come through but I'll keep my phone face down or out of sight when I'm getting the work done. And another thing that really helps is to turn off notifications for things like Facebook or emails, because a lot of us see the little circle showing how many unread notifications we have, and we just can't help but answer them or open up the app. It is the most valuable thing I've done in the last, I think I did this about a year ago now, is turning off my Outlook notification. Yes, because when you see that new mail, mail come in, you're just tempted to open it. 
as much as I'm telling myself, no, I'm not checking email right now, it, it affects my thinking. It just does. It really does. And it's just out of sight, out of mind, kind of. It's really liberating. And I actually had this breakthrough. I think I read the four-hour work week and Tim Ferriss talks about it while I was at my corporate job, which I'm sure that my corporate job didn't like at the time, but I was very <laughs> keen on not answering emails during my productive time. Have you, um, I'm sure you have, what are your best productive times of the day? I guess we all have different times that we operate, you know, our best. Some people say, oh, I'm a night owl. I'm not a morning person. And I never used to be a morning person either. I think it's all mental. And honestly, when I reference the miracle morning, it's a routine, a one hour routine. You do things like silence and affirmations and meditation. Um, for some reason, kind of going on the consistency thing, I think I've always been able to just flip the light switch and snap a finger and just start and stay consistent with it. So I think that's really important when you say you're going to do something, just flip the switch and go all in on it. Yeah, that goes back to your, you, you got that, you've got that superpower of uh, discipline and consistency. Cold turkey, cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Guys like me, people like me, not so much. So I've, I've found that I don't like early mornings, and so I don't try to. I try not to schedule anything too early, and I have a good productive period there before lunch, and then actually right after lunch, and then about four, I hit a real downturn. Oh yeah, they, and five-hour energy I, markets to that. Exactly. So I got to go for. I try to go for a walk or take a break or whatever. Yep. Um, and then I'm productive again at night, and sometimes into late night. So I am a night okay. owl. Okay. Okay. It's part because of lack of discipline and I've got all kinds of sleep issues. Oh. I, I think the takeaway is that we do need to, going back to the time blocking, you have to be honest with yourself as to what are those most productive times. Absolutely. And so what I've tried to do is that I, I know I can at least be heads down on, a, on the important tasks for like an hour at a time, right? Yeah. And so I try to do that as much as possible in my day. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a technique called the Pomodoro technique that I came across. And uh, the way this technique works, you can set a timer. So you're able to remain 100% focused at the task at hand. And I'll usually do 25 minutes. I think 25 is a little, you know, whether you're kind of ADD or not, 25 minutes is a good amount of time where you're able to stay focused and remember, okay, let me just look at this thing instead of checking Facebook. And then after that, you take a five minute break and then you go back into another one. Yeah, and after yeah, four, I'm familiar those, with that. Have you done any Pomodoro sessions before? I, I have, and you know, and one of the things that I think you have to do to make it work is you have you have to stop at the end of that time, even if you're on a roll. Yes, yes, you do. You got. You almost want to leave that task wanting more. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and that's really good when you get in that flow state. That's awesome if you're in the that's right. you're in the mode. Yeah. All right, so those are the five productivity hacks. We can talk about a million more, but those are the five. Again, number one was learning during town downtime by listening to podcasts or audiobooks or whatever it might be. Number two was carry a backpack or some kind of bag or at least something to have your essentials with you at all time. Number three was outsource or delegate tasks that are not mission critical, like grocery shopping. Number four was batching all of your tasks so that you, that you can't outsource. And we talked about the advantages of that. And then we finished with number five, working in time chunks, time chunks rather. And there are different methods. You got to find what works for you. Uh, you can learn a lot more about these in the download. So Chris, tell us about that download and where I can go get that. Absolutely, Henry. So this guide in more detail, I've actually got 18 pages of detail and 
of some interesting pictures that go along with the hacks. You can find that at chrisbello.com. That's just my name, C-H-R-I-S, B as in boy, E-L-L-O.com slash productivity. Wonderful. And we'll have a link to it as well on the show notes page for this episode. All right, let's talk about books for a minute. You've mentioned quite a few books. Uh, is there a book other than uh, you, you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Miracle Morning for our work week? And then I think the slide edge is the one you wanted to particularly mention, right? Yes, the slide edge. I guess I'm more than halfway done with it right now. And I don't know if you have this problem. Like I have a problem of reading two or three books at the same time and you know, putting one down to pick up another and then finishing the other so one. So I, I used to think that was a problem because I do the same thing. And, you know, we, we come from that, oh, finish something first, then you move on to the next thing. Yes. And, and I say the heck with that. I, <laughs> I read multiple books very efficiently. Thank you very much. Yes, me too. Me too. I think it's kind of like watching a certain show from a series and then switching to another. Exactly. Week. So yeah. right now, the main one that's been, I can't put it down. I'm just reading that one without switching to another is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And he actually talks about, you know, just staying consistent, keeping your head down, doing the work. And over time, it's these things that we do every day that are seemingly insignificant that we find ourselves in a few years either going towards the path of millionaire freedom and success or finding ourselves, how did we get here? What were we doing wrong? And it's all those little actions, you know, when you wake up and you decide, let me sleep in, let me hit snooze, let me skip the gym. Those things can end up taking you down a wrong path versus I'm going to wake up an hour earlier to do a morning routine. I'm going to meal prep to make sure I eat healthy. Those little things like that. I, I love this book. So thanks for, for recommending and, and reminding me of it. I liked it so much that he has a teen version of it, the slide edge for teens. And I, and I had my daughter, we actually read it together her uh, before she graduated high school. That is such a good thing um, to do. I wish that my parents got me into these books. I had to find <laughs> it on my own. <laughs> I know. I know. And, 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 you know, there's so many takeaways. I think the showing up part applies to everything in life. Everything. Right? Just, and so I, I tried to ingrain that in my daughter, and I think she's, she's embraced it, which is just, just show up. Showing up is more than half the battle. It really is. So many people think, oh, I don't know how to do that, or it's too far away, the goal's too big, they, they're stuck in the dreaming phase, and they feel like even showing up is more than they can do. So I think you're right, showing up is half the battle, more than half the battle. Yep. All right, we'll wrap it up here now, Chris. Uh, what's one thing uh, you want us to take away from the conversation we had? And then I'm thinking of also maybe the way to answer it might be, of the five hacks what would you say if I only was going to implement one, which one would be the most valuable? I love that you asked that, Henry, because I know sometimes we can throw a lot of information out and that causes overwhelm and analysis paralysis. So I would say the main thing I would love for the audience to take away is that tagline that I always use, less dreaming, more doing. I even have that quote on my vision board because I think it's so incredibly important to remember that while you're inspired, Dreaming alone isn't going to do it. You're not going to get there from just dreaming. You've got to start doing the things that are required and back scheduling the plans. If you know you want to make a certain income, what are the steps you need to take today to start making that per month and then per year? Break it all down. And out of the five productivity hacks, the one that I think is the most important or the one that I would personally pick, at least in this stage where I am now, is to really consider 
outsourcing or delegating tasks that are not mission critical because for so long I was stuck in that scarcity mindset of I need to do everything on my own. I need to clean my house and do my dishes and you know fold my laundry and these things drain your mental capacity. Every morning when you wake up, you've only got a certain amount of brain power and energy that you can dedicate towards things that you want to do or really have to do. And anytime you're spending on things other than those, it's kind of just tiring you out and you're not getting additional income or joy out of them. Yeah. Well, well said. I agree with all of that. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Thank you. Tell us again where you want us to go online to find out more and also where to find the podcast. Absolutely. So you can find everything in my social media at my website, chrisbello.com. If you go to chrisbello.com slash productivity, you can download the free five productivity hacks that I recommend you implement today. And my podcast is called the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, which is available on all the podcast platforms that I was able to find that I know people listen to, including Spotify now, which I hear mm-hmm. is starting to make a huge uh, growth in the podcasting space. Definitely go to chrisbello.com and you can follow me on Instagram. chrisbello 9 is my handle. Perfect. Thank you. And I, uh, I look forward to being, I'm going to be on your show soon. So I'm looking forward to that. I am as well, Henry. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to have the roles switched and hear your story. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Chris, thanks for this conversation, your insights, your stories, uh, the, the hacks, uh, a lot of great information. Thanks for the conversation today. Thank you, Henry. It's been a pleasure. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest again today was Chris Bello. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. You can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.